Okay, so let's pick it up from that of the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, we've listed over the last two Mishnayis men who cannot, who should not wear, marry women. Like one example would be a rabbi who refuses to give a heter to a woman and then she's forced to get divorced. He can't marry her. Um, or if a man testifies that a woman's husband died, he can't marry her because, again, the optics of all these things are really bad. It looks like you're, uh, you know, it looks like you were just intending to, uh, your plan was to marry her. Says the Mishnah, If all these men who are not allowed to marry these women, if they were married at the time, and then their wives died, so let's say you have a rabbi, who a woman comes to him and says, you know, has a nether, and he says, I can't help you, you have to get divorced. He's not allowed to marry this woman. What if, that's if he was single, what if he was married at the time, two years later his wife dies. So then he's allowed to marry her, because it's not about, the whole problem is optics. So the answer is, because he was married at the time, and his wife subsequently died, no one, no one thinks it's a bad optic. Uh, he was happily married. And his wife died. It's fine. If he was single, then it's a problem. But if he was married at the time, not an issue. Says the Mishnah, Similarly, if all these women married other people, then got divorced or became widowed, then chose to marry the rabbi or the witness, then it's fine. Because, the pro- again, the whole problem is optics. Once she was married to someone else in between, no one's thinking about what, hap- what happened in her first marriage. After her, after her second divorce, her second become, time becoming a widow, no one's thinking about what happened the first time. And similarly, although this woman cannot marry the rabbi, she's allowed to marry the rabbi's son or the rabbi's brother, I mean, we're not concerned that she'll be near him and do something inappropriate. Okay, so let's see the Gemara. Now, the Mishnah said that if the rabbi, I'm just picking the example of a rabbi, but the truth is applies to the witness and all these things. So let's say the rabbi is not allowed to marry her unless the rabbi was married at the time and and his wife died. Um, Now, what happens if instead of his wife dying, he divorces his wife? And you can see it's a little more tricky because then it could look like he was interested in marrying her and he just had to get divorced to be single again. So says the Gemara, in his If he divorces his wife, then it's no good because then it looks like he was just divorcing her in order to become single to marry this woman. Meaning he wanted to marry this woman who he, he caused her to get divorced, but he was married at the time, so he divorces his wife. So then the optics is a problem. I says the Gemara about Tanya... Uh, but doesn't the Brysa say that if he divorces his wife, it's okay? I mean, we have a contradiction between the Mashmos of the Mishnah and the Brysa. If this rabbi who ha- causes this woman to get divorced, he's not allowed to marry her, but if he was married at the times, if he was widowed, he can marry her. Let's say he gets divorced. So it's a machloikas. It seems to be a contradictory notions of whether that's okay for him to marry this woman. So the Gemara says loikasha. It's not a contradiction. The answer is was the rabbi's um, marriage on the rocks when this woman came to him again? This woman came to him and said, you know, I made a neder of my husband. So the rabbi said, okay, well, I can't. There's nothing I could do about it. So he has to. You have to get divorced. So the halach is he can't marry her. If he's widowed, he could. But if he becomes widowed afterwards, then he could. But if he was married at the time. And he divorces his wife, so the answer is, is he allowed to marry her? So the question is, it depends. If his marriage was on the rocks by the time she came to him, then no one's going to think that he's divorcing his wife in order to marry her. Everyone knows his marriage was on the rocks. But if his marriage seemed to be good, then you can't. Or, or both scenarios is where his marriage was not on the rocks. Or, the Gemara says, there could be another answer, which is, who caused the divorce? Who's the one who filed for divorce? 
if he filed for divorce, then it's a problem. If his wife filed for divorce, then then seemingly it's not a problem because he wasn't the one who caused the divorce anyway. So then he can marry this woman. Okay. The Gemara continues. Uh, it said, so let's say you have this woman, right? Um, let's go with the example of the previous Mishnah. Okay. The, we're going to focus on the case of the previous Mishnah. The previous Mishnah was, you have a woman, let's say Rachel. A guy comes and testifies that Rachel's husband died. So the Allah is Rachel's not going to marry him because it looks like he testified in order to marry her. But if Rachel marries someone else and then becomes widowed or divorced, then she can marry him. Here's the kasha. Let's assume, we're assuming, it said widowed or divorced, it means both cases, either one, which means she was widowed from the first husband and she became widowed a second time. The halach is that once a woman becomes widowed a certain amount of times, you can't marry her anymore because it's considered like a chazaka that her husbands are in danger. How many times? It's a machlegis, rabbi, and Rishim Gamliel. Most people assume for a chazaka to take place, you need to happen three times. Rebbe's opinion is that a chazaka is after two, which means once a woman is widowed twice, you can't marry her anymore. So here's the kasha. We're assuming the cases, the case where the man testified that his wife died, that the husband died. Then, later on, it says that if she became widowed, it means widowed after widowed, meaning both scenarios, meaning the first time the husband died, the second time the husband died. And it's saying that he, he can marry her. That the witness can marry her. But wait a minute, this is after two times the husband died. And the halacha is, Neymah not like Rebbe. This obviously our mission does not follow Rebbe. Dika Rebbe, because according to Rebbe, Ha'amar betrays Zimni Habichazaka. Rebbe holds that after two times, Yichazaka. So once your husband dies, two husbands die. You can't marry her anymore. So assuming that in the first Mishnah, when it says that she testified that the testified that the husband died, and then it said if she marries someone else and then becomes widowed, it means widowed, widowed. So you see that our mission is not like Rabbi because she became widowed twice and she's still allowed to marry someone. So the Gemara says loy misa gerish and gerish misa. The answer is no. When it says that she became widowed, that's only referring to after becoming divorced. Meaning, the first time she got married, she got divorced. And it's not to, and, and it's, let's say, the rabbi forces to get divorced. Then the second time she got wid- widowed. Or if the first time she became widowed, it means the second time she got divorced. Meaning we're not talking about a case where it's two widows in a row. It's either widow and divorce or divorce and then widowed. But if it was widowed two times in a row, according to Rebbe, you can't marry her anymore because of a katlanis, because there's a chazaka that her husbands are in danger. Okay. Um, fine. Fight in the Gemara. Although the woman is not allowed to marry the rabbi, but she can marry the rabbi's son or brother. Meaning, we're not worried that she'll be around the rabbi, something bad is going to happen. Here's the kasha. If a man, if there's rumors that a man committed adultery with a woman, so he's obviously not allowed to marry her if she becomes single. But also, not only is he not allowed to marry her, he's not allowed to marry her mother her sister, or her daughter. Why? Because we're afraid they'll be around each other at Hanukkah parties, whatever, and bad things are going to happen. So how come when there's assumed promiscuity with the wife, you're not allowed to marry the siblings, her daughter, her her mother, or her sister, because you'll be near her and bad things are going to happen? How come over here, she's allowed, she's not allowed to marry the rabbi, she can marry the rabbi's brother? Why aren't you worried that if if you're worried that the, the you can't marry a woman you can't marry a woman's daughter because you'll be around her mother, and that's the woman that you potentially commit adultery with. 
then how come you're allowed to marry, you're not allowed to marry the brother, the rabbi, but you can marry the rabbi's brother? Why? If you're worried about family get-togethers, you should be worried about family get-togethers. So the Gemara says, Nashi legabi nashi shechichan to Oslin. Gavri 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 loishchichan. The answer is women uh, uh, usually are closer to each other family-wise, meaning you're not allowed to marry, if you're not allowed to marry a woman, you're not allowed to marry her daughter or her sister because the daughter and her sister will be around her. Men are not a lot, a lot of times they're not around each other. So for, if you're not allowed to marry this man, you're allowed to marry her brother, his brother, because it's not often for men to get together. But family members, women get together more than men. Okay. Or, inami, noshi loyosin shchivosin adadi loykopti adadi. Gavri and shchivosin adadi, kopti adadi. Or another answer, which is, you're not allowed, if you're not, if you committed adultery with a woman, or potentially did. You're not allowed to marry her sister or her mother or her daughter because we're afraid when you're around them, bad things are going to happen. How come over here you're not allowed to marry the man, but you're uh, allowed to marry the siblings? Why aren't you worried? The answer is, um, The answer is that we're worried. Rashi says, what this means is like this. I think it's pretty simple. Just wanna, yeah. So the Gemara means it's like this. Um, if a woman lives with another man, let's say if a woman commits adultery, if a woman lives with a married man, the married man, his marriage is not off, and therefore, um, the, the people are a little more a little more loose with that. Yeah, so meaning like this. Hold on one second. I just have to phone call for one second. Hold on. The answer is very simple. In the case where a man is potentially, let's say there's a man and there's rumors that he committed adultery with a woman named Rachel. Allah is he's not allowed to marry her siblings. Why? Because we're afraid that when he's near her, he'll committed he'll he'll continue living with her. And the reason why that might happen is because Rachel's single, and while he's a married man, it doesn't end the marriage, so he's not as fearful of it. But in this scenario, in our Mishnah, where she's, where what's our Mishnah talking about? The rabbi's not allowed to marry her, right? But she's, and but she's allowed to marry the siblings. So, meaning, so let's say she's marrying the rabbi's son. So the question is, why is that allowed? You should be worried that while she's married the rabbi's son, at the Hanukkah party, she'll live with the father. As a married woman, she's going to make sure not to do it. Meaning, a married woman are more careful not to do these things, but a single, but a, a married man is not. That's the distinction. So the Gemara says, "Ihachi, if that's the case, aviv nami." So just stamakasha. It says that she's allowed to marry the the rabbi's brother or the rabbi's son. Why? What about the rabbi's father? The answer is loy mi The answer is she could marry the rabbi's father, and it's just not listed in the Mishnah. Loy mi bay aviv debozes banei minei av benoid lebozes of minei emel loy kamashwan. The answer is it didn't list rabbi, uh, marrying the rabbi's father because if she was rabbi, if marrying the rabbi's father, there's no way the rabbi would live with her. He's not going to live with his uh, stepmother. That's not a shaila. The, the rab, living, uh, marry, marrying the rabbi's brother, the rabbi's son. So you might think that there's no fear there that he that that something inappropriate might happen. Kamashmulan, no, we're not concerned about that either. Hajinalach ketzad eishes alchiv. All right, the next uh, parak. So this Mishnah, a lot of it we've already had, so let's run through it fairly quickly. Arba Achin, you have four brothers. Shnayimim Shnei four brothers. You have Reuven, Shem, Levi, Yehudi, Yehuda, and Reuven and Levi are married to two sisters. Umesu, 
And Reuben and Shimon die. So these two sisters fall to the two brothers to do Yibam. Now here's the problem. They can't do Yibam. Why? They're not allowed to do Yibam. Why? Because each one is has Zika. Each one is engaged to both. Which means, let's say, Levi, right? Levi can't do Yibam to either. Why? Because he's engaged to both. So whoever is living with, it's the sister of his engaged partner. He's engaged to both. So therefore, both require Chalitza. And if, let's say, the two brothers did Yibam, they have to get divorced because it wasn't allowed. Rav Lazar actually disagrees. He feels that if they did Yibam Be'iser, Be'shamim Yekayim Be'isil Am Yaitzi, it's a machlegis Be'sham Be'isil. Fine. Ha'isachas men asur alechad iser erva. So let's say you have this two, two same situation. Two brothers married two sisters. They both die. So the two sisters fall to, to the Levi and Yehuda, the remaining two brothers. So we said Levi and Yehuda can't do Yibam. Why? Because they're Zika. They're connected to both. What if one of the sisters is in erva to Levi? Let's say one of the sisters, in addition to being his sister-in-law, is also his daughter, his uh, mother-in-law, whatever. So then he has no zika to that sister, right? The issue with him doing yibam is that when the two sisters fall to him, he's engaged to both. So he can't marry because each one is like marrying his wife's sister. But one of them is an erva. So let's say the first sister, that one of the sisters, is also his mother-in-law. So he has no shaykhs to yibam to anyway. So then the halacha is he could do yibam to the other sister. Because he only has zika to one sister. Meaning when you have zika to both sisters, then it's a problem because you're kind of engaged to both. But if one of the sisters also is an erva to him, whatever the scenario is, then he can't do yibam anyway to her. Then he has no zika to her anyway because he can't do yibam. So then he only has zika to one sister, so he could do yibam. The other brother has, still has zika to both. The other brother can't do yibam to either. But he could do yibam to one. That's the mission. Let's say one of the sisters is only a rabbinic erva to him. So then the halach is he has to chalitza because the whole problem is when there's zika, when there's a biblical engagement, he's engaged to both, he can't do yibam. So if one of them is a biblical erva, he's not engaged to her, he's only engaged to the sister. So he has only zika to one sister, so he could do yibam. But if he has only a rabbinic erva, that means that biblically he can marry both these women, that he's biblically engaged, then it's the same halach he has to do chalitza. Let's say you have the two sisters fall to the two brothers. So each one can't do Yibam because they're both engaged. But what if one of them is an erva to one brother and the other one is an erva to the other? So they could both do Yibam because both of them are only engaged to one sister. And this is what the case is. We have one sister, you could do Yibam. Each one could only do Yibam to one sister. Okay, now what's the issue with the two brothers doing Yibam to the two sisters? Because each one is engaged to both. So you see it's Zika. Oh, so the Gemara says, Shema mino yesh Zika. So you have a Raiva here that there's a thing called Zika. Di ain't Zika. Because if there's no Zika, meaning that there's no connection, so these two sisters fall to Yibam, each one should be able to just choose one. If you hold Zika, that means they're both engaged. So then it's like marrying the, your wife's sister. But if you hold there's no Zika, you should be able to do well. So the Mishnah obviously holds Yesh Zika. The Ain Zika, if there's no Zika, Michti. These are two women from two different houses. Each one should just pick one. So it must be there's Zika. So the Gemara says, no. The answer is no. In the case where you have four brothers, two brothers are married to two sisters, and the two brothers die, the other two brothers cannot do Yibam. Why? And nothing to do with Zika. The reason is because we're afraid one brother is going to do Yibam. So far, so good. Then the other brother dies. So now that sister, that widow, the other widow, the other sister, the other widow, she's exempt. 
she can't do Yibam because he just married, she, he's, because uh, it's, it's a chosishta, it's his wife's sister. And you don't have to do chalitza because she's an erva. Meaning the reason why we hold, you're not allowed to do, any, you're not allowed to do anything, is nothing to do with, um, is nothing to do with, with, uh, with Zika. It's even without Zika. It's even without Zika. It's that, even without Zika, the problem is, um, we're afraid that if one brother does Yibam and the other brother dies, so then the other sister is now exempt. Right, you have these two women, the two sisters, two widows from two different houses, two sisters, and then they fall to do yibum, right? So one of them, one of them does yibum, fine, because no zika. One of those yibum, the other brother dies, so the other sister is exempt. She can't do yibum because because you just uh, you can't marry two two sisters. You don't have to chalitza because you're exempt, and therefore you've bevatel mitzvah uh, mitzvah uh, mitzvah yibum. So the issue is not zika. The issue is. We don't want you to do mitzvah, to yibam because what if one brother does yibam, the other brother dies? You'll be exempt, and you'll have exempted yourself from yibam and chalitza, which is not allowed. So the Gemara says, "Ihachi, wait a minute. If that's the case, that has nothing to do with zika. It's that we're afraid if you do yibam, you'll and one brother dies, then you'll exempt the other sister." Let me ask you a more obvious case. What if there's just three brothers? Three brothers, two brothers are married to sisters. The both brothers that are married to sisters die. So the two sisters fall to the, the third brother. He's not allowed to do yibam to one because the second he does yibam to one, he can't do yibam to the other. He can't do chalitza to the other because she's now your wife's sister. So what do you do? You do chalitza to both. So why is that not listed in the Mishnah? Really say there's no zika. And you can't do yibam because if you do yibam to one, you'll exempt the other. Say very simple. Say it's a case where there's three siblings instead of four and you're not allowed to do yibam because we're afraid that you'll do yibam one brother will die. Just stop. Say that there's three siblings, three brothers, two married or two sisters, the two brothers die, the other third brother can't do Yibam, because if he does Yibam, then he can't do Yibam on the second wife, and he can't do Chalitza on the second wife. Just say that. Just say that's the case. The answer is, yeah, of course. We could have said that, but it's posh it. The answer is, we didn't listen to the Mishnah because that's posh it. The chiddush of the Mishnah is that when you have four brothers, two brothers marry two sisters, those two brothers die, and the other the, the two sisters fall to the other two brothers. The chiddush of the Mishnah is that if you don't hold up Zika, you're still not allowed to do Yibam on one because we're afraid the brother's going to die. That's a chiddush. But if there's three brothers, you're not allowed to. The Gemara just says, Ihachi, go to the next page. Chamisha Nami. What would the halacha be if there's five? Five brothers. Two brothers are married to two sisters. Those two sisters die, so they fall to the three brothers. Maybe one brother is not allowed to do yibam because what if he does yibam and the other two brothers die? Four out of five will die. The answer is no. We're not worried about... If there's three living brothers, one of them could do yibam if you don't hold of zika. We're not concerned that while he does yibam, two brothers are going to die. That's unlikely. The Gemara says, Amarav Barav Amarav. Okay, the following halacha. You have three sisters. So there's five brothers. Three brothers are married to three sisters. Then three brothers die. So you have these three sisters falling to two brothers. So what's the halacha? Zechoylitz So there's two remaining brothers. There's three sisters. Rachel, Leah, and Billa are falling now to Reuven and Shimon. Reuven does chalitza to one. Shimon does chalitza to the other. So you have the third wife. So the halacha is... And so is Tzricha Chalitza Mishneim. The third wife, again, there were five brothers, three married to three siblings, three sisters, three brothers dies. So these three women need to do something. So Reuben and Shimon. Reuben does Chalitza to the first, Shimon does Chalitza to the second, and the last wife, they both have to do Chalitza. That's the halacha. So the Gemara wants to know why. 
Amrli Rabba, mit the comment I'm sorry it's Srika Khalitza Mishnaim Kasavrit, Yesh Zika, have a Khalitza Psula, Khalitza Psula Tsarlachsar Kolachin. The Gemara's assumption as to why the third sister has to do Khalitza from both. Right? When do you need Khalitza from both? Just do Khalitza from one. The Gemara assumes like this. You have five brothers, three of them married three sisters. All three die at the same time. That means the three sisters are falling to two brothers. And if you hold of Zika, that means that you can't marry any of them, because you're engaged to all three. The halacha is that when you have a situation like this, where you could only do chalitza, but you can't do yibam because of zika, meaning in a situation where you could only do chalitza and you can't do yibam, according to one opinion, in such a situation, the woman needs chalitza from all the brothers. So the Gemara says, maybe that's the pshat. The reason why the last sister needs chalitza from all the, all the brothers, but both brothers, is because each brother, because of zika, can't marry her, her. Right, because they were both engaged to all the sisters, so they can't do yibam. So it's only chalitza. Any time where it's only chalitza, you have to do chalitza from all the brothers. Now here's the problem: Ihachi kamai sanami. Then how come you only have to do chalitza on the last sister? The last sister has to do chalitza to both. Why? All three, all three sisters should do chalitza to both brothers because each brother can't do yibam. And halacha is that if you can't do yibam, according to one opinion, you have to do chalitza from all the brothers. So fine. So all three should have to do it. So what's the shot that only one of them has to do chalitza from all th- from both brothers? So the Gemara says, "E dinafel b'vasachas hachenami leitzricha dinafel b'zuacherzu nafel chada chalutz la ruven nafel ida chalutz la shemin nafel ida chalutz la haidemivka zikasa chalutz la haidemivka zikasa." The answer is, the answer is where the three brothers that were married to the three sisters did not die at the same time. So the first brother died. So one of them does chalitza to the sister. Then the second brother died. Then the other brother does chalitza to the other sister. Then the third brother dies. So now this last widow looks at the two brothers. She can't do yibam to either. Why? Because each one has done chalitza to her sister. The halacha is, you're not allowed to do yibam, you're not allowed to marry the sister of a woman you did chalitza to. So each one has done chalitza to the sister. So therefore she's she's stuck. She's the only one who couldn't do yibam because they each died uh, you know, in, in staggered stages. The first one died, one does chalitza. Second one died, second one does chalitza. Now that the third one dies, they, she can't do yibam. Because you can't do even because that'd be marrying your wife's sister, the wife, the sister, the the sister of the woman you did chalitza to. So because you can't do yibum, you can only do chalitza. This opinion follows the view that anytime you could only do chalitza, not yibum, you have to do chalitza from all the brothers. So therefore, she has to do chalitza from both brothers. All right, we'll stop here. Pick it up on Sunday.